live from a secret location at Jacobs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm Adam Rebar, and I'll be filling in for Doug today. Christine Hayes, also known as Ramona Moon, the art car woman, is a columnist for the Short North Gazette and has co-wrote two books showcasing some of Ohio's lost restaurants. Today she'll be talking about some of Ohio's forgotten eateries and what's changed since eating there as a kid. Hi, Adam. Hi, Christine. How are you? Good. What inspired you to start researching old restaurants in and around Columbus? I grew up as the daughter of a newspaper columnist, Ben Hayes. And he and my mother never hired a babysitter. They took me with them everywhere. They were way ahead of their time. And so I grew up going to the High Lie, the Maramore, and Seafood Bay. That was three nights a week. And he had certain nights that everybody knew he would be there at this, these restaurants. And people would stop by and give him tidbits for his column. So I grew up just thinking it was normal to be eating at these restaurants. And so later, uh, when Doug Motes was asked to write a book about the highlight, he started interviewing me. And that's when we, he asked me to help him write a whole book on lost restaurants. How did you guys go about doing the research for that? The best sources are historical societies, reference librarians, which are now called adult facilitators, I think. I, as I said, working in the bookstore, I asked questions of everybody, and lots of people came forward at our talks, which, of course, that led to the second book. Visiting the former sites of these restaurants, people working in the new restaurant used to work at the old restaurant believe it or not, and so I would get information. And then, of course, the Columbus Metropolitan Library and the Ohio History Conne- Connection, as it's called now, are treasure troves. Uh, my dad's files are at the latter. You also edited a scrapbook with all of your dad's articles. Yes, that was in 1991, and I was going to do a series of four books, but never got around to those other three. So I still have wonderful columns and files of his columns. So maybe someday, now that I'm not employed at this bookstore, I will work on a new book of my dad's columns. Do you have a favorite of your dad's columns? Oh, my gosh. A lot of his columns from his childhood in Noble County, Ohio. The one I ended the book with, He believes heaven will be a grassy meadow, so he writes about the grassy meadows of Noble County, and uh, that's my favorite. Is there any replacing any of these restaurants that were ever lost? Well, the refectory is one, but uh, they tried to do a verisimilitude of the, the chintz room, and that didn't work. That closed. They were doing some evenings at Elena's, to recreate certain dishes from the Highlight and the Marimore. And that was working well. And of course, we put the recipes in the books so you can recreate them at home. But, well, and of course, the Kahiki, you've got to go to Fort Lauderdale to find a, a restaurant quite like the Kahiki. The nostalgia for those restaurants is just amazing. And the outpouring of love these people had for these restaurants, I don't think you find that as much today. How did you go about curating the recipes in the back of the book? That was Doug's thing. He's a much better cook than I am. We tried to include the recipes that people would bring up. For example, the highlight herb butter and salt bread and 
certain dishes from the Maramore that people remembered. The Kahigi wasn't known as much for its food as its atmosphere. But just the ones that we found in the heritage of Ohio's restaurants, we would find those and Taste of Columbus books, the ones that people really remembered. Do you have any thoughts on the difference between the restaurants people eat at now and the restaurants people used to eat at? Oh, my. Well, I have left so many restaurants nowadays because the music is too loud. In the days when I was going to the Highlight, of course, they had live music, and it was classical music and American standards, and you could converse in a civilized manner in the restaurants. You often found wait staff that it was their lifetime commitment to being a high lie waiter or a Maramore cook. The kind of lifetime commitment to the food and the restaurant, I don't think you find that as much nowadays. And of course, the, the clientele versus the wait staff or the wonderful friendships that evolved. Now, I think you could still see that today in some restaurants, you know, the frequent customers, as we see in the bookstore. But that kind of personal service, you find that in fewer restaurants than back back in the day. What was your favorite restaurant from back in the day? I really like Seafood Bay. I was allowed to go and sit and watch the aquarium, which was the wall of the restaurant. In other words, you could see the aquarium from the sidewalk, and this was a very large aquarium, from the bar. So I was allowed to go sit on a bar stool, as long as I wasn't bothering anyone, and watch the fish and the turtles and the snails. And I loved the shad roe. Everyone else was having lobster, but as a child, I was eating shad roe. And I have this uh, memory of a harpist being in an evening gown playing in Seafood Bay. It does sound odd. And I named my doll Cora Beaver, and that was one of the waitresses at the Seafood Bay. My father wrote the advertising for Seafood Bay, which was a mock column, as though Nick Pappas wrote it, who was the owner. But I loved the highlight and the Marimore, too. Were you a picky eater at restaurants, or was it very easy for your parents to get you to try a new food? Oh, I was never allowed to be a picky eater, no. I had to behave like a little adult, and as I say, I didn't know you could act like a child until I went to school. I always had to look people in the eye and say yes and no and shake hands and be a little adult. If you could resurrect one restaurant now, what do you think it would be? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would say the Kahiki, because there is a whole book, of course, that my co-author Doug wrote with some other uh, folks, and that seems to be the most missed as far as the atmosphere and the fun people had in the Kahiki. What kind of food did they serve at the Kahiki? Oh, it was kind of Chinese food. And, of course, it it morphed into the frozen food business when they had the Son of Heaven Chinese art exhibit at the, what is now Kosai. The Kahiki people made frozen egg rolls, they were asked to, 
and that became the business that is now the Kahiki Frozen Foods. But as I say, the people didn't go there for the food. They just went there for the fun. Now, the drinks, of course, were another thing, the beautiful mugs and and uh, exotic drinks and the mystery girl bringing the four-person volcanic cocktail to the table. You can't beat that for drama. Although at the highlight, the highlight did have a dessert, something like cherries flambe, and they would lower the lights, and that was a very big restaurant, and the waiter would bring it out and sh- and do a whole uh, turn around the dining room with the flaming dessert and then present it to the... So you can't beat that for drama either. Were there any other restaurants that went into the frozen food business and the prepackaged food business? I know that Resh's Bakery that supplied all of Reeb's baked goods is still in existence. The Marimore candy business is still surviving from the Marimore restaurant and the lane there that was the gift store for the Marimore. They were very famous for their candies. And so I think that that's not frozen, though. I can't bring to mind anything else that's frozen food from a Columbus restaurant other than the Kiki. And then what's your favorite place to go out to eat now? There's something that captures that old nostalgia or just something that's very good at what they do? I would say, as a, again, the refectory on one end of the scale, and then I often go to my friend's restaurant, which is called Gourmet Pizza, and I would say the personal service there of Nick Gore reminds one of the old days, and also my art car is out in the patio there, so I'm quite fond of that restaurant. But the, as far as the nostalgia, some of the diners like 30 francs is in the site of the queen bee. You can still stand in the corner and kind of get an idea of what the queen bee was like. The tip top down there on gay street. Of course, there's the top restaurant that's still out on uh, main street certainly has survived and you can get that old flavor. The old Mohawk down in German village. Of course, there are plenty around. If you, dig up the old ones that have survived. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to this interview today. For more information on our guest, visit www.crafttheshow.com. And if you'd like to see Christine Hayes in person, she'll be at the free and open to the public Ohioana Book Festival, Saturday, April 14th at the Sheraton Hotel in Columbus, Ohio. And until next time, be creative.